Welcome to the podcast, Eye for Talent, the show where we've got an eye for talent. I'm your host, Dylan, aka DJ Serial Sauce. I am a YouTube content creator. I'm a Twitch streamer. I'm a producer. Uh, probably a couple of other things. I feel like I always have more things in my head when I try and think of how I'm going to say this, and then I end up forgetting all of them when I try and record this. This is not about me. Joining me is the Mr. Mahogany, uh, and I was going to make a joke about something like uh, Mr. Mahogany is my father, call me something, but you are Mr. Mahogany, so like... um. I don't know. I don't know if they'd like reference you if somebody tried calling, if they tried calling somebody who's like, like a sibling of yours or like not a sibling, like a. I don't know. Like I don't a, know where I was going with that a, joke. A, a, a seedling, a yeah. seedling, a sapling. You know, uh, you know, something like that would work. You know, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just overall, anything related to, you know, mahogany. Yeah, it's fun that way. You know, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, but uh. Yeah, no straight. Like, thank you for coming on here. I appreciate. Um, I appreciate what the conversation that's about to go down here. I think is going to be very interesting because if I can be totally transparent with you and the viewers, I don't know shit about this. Uh, so much so <laughs> to the point where I I even owned up and I was like, hey, I, I'm like, I'm like pretty limited in questions right now because I wouldn't even know where to begin to ask, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. Um, <laughs> uh, I was yeah, also to- thinking totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, I was also thinking right at the beginning, I was like, have you like been on a podcast before? Because you're easily the most confident person that I've had on here so far. Everybody else, like uh, right before we start or as I'm messaging them about it, they're like a bit of a nervous wreck about it. But I don't know if that's just, <laughs> I don't know if you've been on a podcast or if that's just your personality. No, yeah, I've, I've never <laughs> been on a podcast before. No, um, I mean, one of, obviously, it, we'll probably talk about like schooling and stuff like that, but. Um, I've done many presentations, um, in school, like to the point where I'm not, I'm not really afraid to talk to people. Um, and my, my daily, I talk to everybody. So <laughs> it's just, I think this is a conversation that just happens to be recorded and, uh, you know, li- you could listen again to it. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that totally makes sense. Um, so, okay. That's good to hear. Uh, for the people at home, Mr. Mahogany here, he's kind of a beast. Uh, he graduated with a degree in industrial design. He's a freelance graphic designer and is working towards UX design, otherwise known as user experience design. He's also got a couple of other things, which, again, is kind of a common theme here. Everybody seems to be multifaceted in one way or another. So he might be on here later talking about stuff that, um, if I'm honest, might be a little bit more boring than this because money is a complicated <laughs> issue. Uh, a complicated thing to talk about, but don't, don't set your expectations low. That's just me. That's just me speaking off the top of the dome. Come Um, on. We got to hype it up a little bit. Yeah, no, no. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Frankly, when I learn more about whatever you do in finances, I'm sure it will be a Mm -hmm. much more exciting episode, but right now just hearing the word finance, I can imagine people being like, uh, lame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it's, it's a money talk, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I'm sure it's, I mean, you working in finance, I'm sure is more more interesting than just like I worked at a bank for 12 years or even if it is it's like mm-hmm. you worked in every department of a bank or something um mm-hmm. who knows <laughs> stay tuned uh, <laughs> exactly but you know um honestly we're just gonna jump into this just so I can get more information on on what yeah man let's roll so yeah. right at the beginning you or right before this you uh kind of explained to me what uh these different forms of design are but I'm more mm-hmm. curious right off the bat of um, how did you even get into art or I guess into design and then into industrial design in the first place? Like what, what happened? What inspired you? Um, I mean, 
when it comes to art and making things, I've done it ever since I was a kid, right? So I was always drawing. I've always had um, a passion for illustrating. One of my earliest memories I remember is like, um, I used to have a deck of cards that was like the Looney Tunes, right? Uh-huh. Um, and I would take those images of like the Looney Tunes on the deck of cards, and I would re-illustrate it and just like make it on like eight and a half by 11 piece of paper. Yeah. So I would just like essentially look at the image and recreate it. Um, so art for me has definitely always been a part of my life. Um, when it comes to the different facets of art and then, you know, diverging sort of into, uh, design that actually came about where <laughs> sounds a little, little lame, but I've always wanted to like, design cars <laughs> uh, well hold on no that's but, actually wait okay um so i originally got into industrial design by looking at how cars were designed and created because i've car- mm-hmm. i've been around cars my entire life my dad has been was a mechanic um so i've always had the interest of like how things are made how things uh are created how they're designed and uh, that's why I originally got into automotive design, which then sort of narrowed it down into industrial design because automotive design is uh, pretty crazy. <laughs> uh, just the, the, the level of insane talent that's out there is astronomical. So um, when it came to like more things that were uh, more suited for me, that's why I, I fell into industrial design and, um i absolutely love making things so and all the different design skills and sets that i've that i've done all play along with each other that way okay so a a big chunk of it is basically just that like the two the two biggest components in you coming about and figuring out all of this primarily came from stuff that just existed around you all the time yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that I'm, makes I sense. I like stuff. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Mahogany, the liker of stuff. Pretty much, Trademarked. Yeah, the basis of it, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, I guess, so when it comes to what you, when you were initially interested in automotive design um, and then shifting into industrial design, is a part mm-hmm. of it just how the outsides um, or how component pieces of a thing look? Or is it actually... Uh, in like um being interested in the understanding of how the pieces are put together and what they do and where they go and how they interact with each other all of the above uh, in all honesty <laughs> um because yeah you can make something look cool but you also got to make it work right yeah. so um when it comes to industrial design and that skill set it really is a combination of uh looks and and looks like and works like so the design process itself, you really have to get a basic understanding of how things are going to be manufactured, how things are going to be built in terms of design. Because you can make something look really cool and fancy, but there's no way to make it, right? Yeah. Uh, you see that all the time in um, automotive design when they come out with a concept car. Oh, you see yeah. the 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 bright shiny vehicle is coming across the stage. It looks sweet, but there's no way that it's physically going to be made that way. There's going to be changes. It's going to be 
updates. There's going to be remodels. There's going to be all sorts of different stuff. So that iteration comes through the design process. Um, so I've, I'm across the board. I love how things are made. And honestly, I was in a, when I was a kid, my dad and I's favorite show to watch was how it's made. Yeah. Same, same. <laughs> Maybe not my favorite, but so, it was, every time I came on, I was like, this is, I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm down. <laughs> I mean, legit, we would just keep it on for like, you can keep it on for hours and just learn how things are made. And it was so cool. Yeah. Uh, so I, I lo- do thoroughly enjoy the manufacturing process. And that's one of the things I learned when I was in school too. Nice. I respect that. Because mm-hmm. it, it, it also kind of reminds me of like, a, like when you're talking about like, you can make a thing look cool, but you got to make it like function properly. And it kind of reminds exactly. me of like concept tech. You would see it like CES, I think is what mm-hmm. it's called. Like CES yeah, yeah. versus mass market. It's like, this is cool, mm-hmm. but like, are you going to, is it actually going to work? It's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. A bunch of question marks. We're not sure yet. <laughs> yeah. This, this is, this is what the general idea is. Now we got to, you know, make it functional. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so I guess, okay. I, I had this split up into two different questions and I've realized that's a little bit irrelevant. So, um, I, I in, in, you, you can probably expand on this a little bit more than when you did to, to explain it to me the first time which is mm-hmm. essentially what is industrial design? How does it differ from graphic design? And how do both of those things uh, differ from user experience design? So when it comes to industrial design, industrial design is the design of everyday things. I'll give you an example. When you wake up in the morning, first half hour of your day, how many things do you interact with? Let's think. One, two. Hmm. Tough question, right? It's yeah. hard to think about all the things you you, you touch and, and work with, right? Yeah, because it it, it it depends on how like myopic you want to get about it. It's like, is my phone? Is my well, dresser? I mean, is a door? Is like toothbrush? Uh, exactly. Sink? I mean, <laughs> exactly, right? So literally, you you're getting out of bed. You go for the door. You're touching the door handle. You know, you go to the bathroom. You do the toothbrush. All that different. All that stuff is designed by a designer. Yeah. Whether it be, you know, industrial design, um, um, mechanical engineering, depending on the level of complexity, <laughs> um, it, there's everything that goes through that physical product um, is industrial design. And a lot of times you actually come across uh, people giving a blanket term of product design. But product design can also be used for. Uh, graphic design and it can also be used for you know user experience design as well because you're creating a product for a user yeah right so um like i said industrial design is generally physical things whereas graphic design is digital things so you obviously you're driving down the road you have your street signs you have your billboards you have your um Door signs, you, you got everything. Everything that you see and uh, you look at every day is, you know, through some some sort of graphic design. Um, it has to have some sort of, you know, designed intent. Right. So you have your physical, you have your um, digital, then user experience design for the most times deals with user interfaces on the more of the digital side of things. Oh. But its language can also be utilized within 
graphic design and industrial design as well. Because with user experience design, it is the way a user is going to interact with a product, interact with a website, interact with their phone, right? And uh, the, that sort of designed intent is where it focuses on the individual and how someone's going to actually use something. So it's definitely uh, a transitional type of you know field yeah and if i might i there's a chance i might be perceiving this incorrectly but it sounds like user experience design is kind of like the mental game that you have to play to understand like um almost like understanding the psychology of a person and how they react when they see a certain image or if they see a certain color or if they see a certain string of words or whatever and then industrial design and graphic design is basically the functional ways that you were going to implement those concepts and turn it into a thing that people will see or use yeah exactly right yeah um like if you look on a college campus um you have the all the paths that are made to go from the different buildings but you always see paths of just dirt from all the students going around and away from the actual paved roads yeah that that sort of interaction is Taking in the fact of, yeah, those paths originally created may not actually be what the user wants and needs. So it's a it's a cool complex of seeing how someone's going to interact with their surroundings um, for user experience design that way. Oh, OK. That, that makes sense. I guess I'm think I'm just trying to think of like um, the, <laughs> the like the, the quote unquote tangibility of user experience mm-hmm. design. But. Yeah, tangibility would probably be user interfaces, um, how you interact with software, how you're interacting with, you know, your devices, how you're interacting with websites, that sort of thing. If as far as more of a tangibility aspect, okay. because yeah. you, you can go very broad with all this <laughs> sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm very much one uh, to uh, be like very deep and like theoretical and, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> That's just how that's just how my my mind goes. Yeah. Um. But yeah, tangibility sake, yeah, definitely like like software type stuff. Okay. Yeah. No, I hate that. That that all makes sense. Cool. <laughs> um. So th- this next question is in regards to the portfolio portfolio that you sent me. Because if I'm being honest, uh-huh. I looked at it yesterday, and mm-hmm. I was one part fascinated with just the amount of stuff that was on there, and just the miscellaneous things that you've done, and the amount of people who have looked at the stuff that you've put on there. And then the other half of me was like, I don't, I don't know, like, like, I don't know what this is supposed to be showcasing and what this is supposed to be showing me. (laughs) So yeah, the, the question that I have for in that regard is, um, Mm -hmm. are all of these different entries on your portfolio portfolio showing off designs that you've helped in making? Are you helping to actually physically design something? Are these renders that you've created? Like, what are these collections of, and what are they showing to people who view the website? I, yeah, I did all that. (laughs) <laughs> um so the on, on my website and everything it's pretty much just a collection of my works yeah so the works from my uh, graphic design stuff my um industrial design my i also have photography on there uh some of the furniture i've made um some little uh, actually there's actually some uh, ux stuff on there from when i was in college too 
Uh, so it's it's a whole just like just it's a dumping ground of <laughs> all my work. And honestly, probably should be better organized. Let's be real here, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's pretty much just uh, an amalgamation of everything that I do. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because. Cause I was looking on here and I was like, okay, here's some like a, here's like a transportation service looking thing. Here is a nutrition supplement looking thing. Here's some shirts. Mm -hmm. Here's a backpack. Here's cars. And then there was something about like a wedding. And I was like, what the fuck is this about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, no, the, uh, that was actually my little man's, uh, baptism. Um, <laughs> oh, oh yeah. There's the, there's, the, there's the photography from, from, uh, from his uh christening yeah okay i hear you <laughs> but yeah no i um it's like i said it's an amalgamation of everything <laughs> um <laughs> which like i said from an outside perspective is just uh chaos i mean but then again i am also chaos a little bit too so <laughs> it fits fair enough yeah okay <laughs> yeah i'm just sifting through here and i'm like oh here's a here's a bunch of pictures of some some city that I'm not going to name because I don't know if I'm allowed to, uh, <laughs> but I don't, I don't live there anymore. So it's fine. It's fine. Fair enough. Well, uh, it's, just, it's, just, you know, it's just some city. I'm like, Oh, here's some pictures through like a, like a fence, like a chain link fence mm -hmm. of like a, what looks mm -hmm. like an industrial something or other. I don't, I can't really tell uh -huh. what this is all about. This, yeah, no, that's a uh, uh, central PA. Um, it's like an abandoned, uh, uh, manufacturing facility. Oh, okay. um, yeah. So, it was my my uh, um, fancy dancy artistic eye type thing, <laughs> like just be like, ooh, the 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 complexity of the inorganic and organic, you know, melding together. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, some, it's some pretty cool pictures. So I'll give you that. You did a good job. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, I guess kind of bouncing off of that same question is that your portfolio shows a lot of variety, but I'm curious mm -hmm. on what you will primarily focus your creative energy into. Like, do you have a particular shtick or a particular area that you specialize in? Or are you kind of bouncing back and forth between a bunch of them at your whim? Like, what does that look like? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm definitely much more of a jack of all trades and a master of none. <laughs> uh, so um whatever work comes to me you know i'll get it done <laughs> um right now a lot of my focus uh especially um that i do on the side is my my freelance graphic design yeah. so that's definitely more so on the forefront of um what i'm doing right now but once i'm done through the user experience design you know curriculum and projects then I will also transition to more of the user experience design aspect onto it as well. Um, but to be fair, I I haven't touched my portfolio in quite some time. So I, <laughs> I mean, this is making me like, <laughs> yeah, I need to go fix some things. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess to be fair, as long as you're like still doing a bunch of stuff, even if it's not necessarily on mm -hmm. your portfolio, like it's not the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, there's there's definitely some projects on there that um, either I can't show or whatnot, too. So it's a little bit of a mix of both. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, I want to look here and just kind of see. Because if there's 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 only one thing that I can comment on right now 
which is it looks like in in regards to industrial design and whatnot, you at least have or had a at least a slight primary focus on making like furniture pieces. Like I don't know, yeah, if, I don't those, know if that was like a shtick you had going for a little while. No, that was just like side work. Uh, oh. I I like to I like to repurpose furniture, so I'll find um, some old discarded furniture and make it something new and uh, more quote unquote designy. Um, oh, you just a little bit more like a, like better aesthetics looking kind of like yeah, exactly make it look cooler. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um. So and yeah, some of the the furniture I have on there is just me. Um, taking existing items and turning them into something new. Oh yeah, actually, right, right. It's just that I see that this, this one that you were doing, where you basically just like took a chair and then remade the chair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, turned yeah, it into yeah. a better chair. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, it made it look nice. It makes it look oh yeah, really cool. yeah. That's that's like this is the perfect kind of chair that I would definitely have out on my porch. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's a nice chair. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and I think I got that chair for like free too. I mean, <laughs> a lot of like things that are discarded, um, I think are, you know, give it a second life. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that I've seen on the internet that are like, uh, we took this for $3. We spent X amount of money repurposing it and we sell it for this amount. Do you do anything similar to that? Like the pieces that you repurpose, are you like, are these in your home? Do you give these to family members? Do you sell these? What do you do with these? Um, I, I, I keep them, honestly, I, I'm, I'm looking at this, that side table right now. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, cause I mean, uh, it's, I could sell them, but I like them too. So, I mean, I like think I like making things I want to keep. Oh yeah. Exactly. Um, As most people do. If I, if I run out of space, then, then it's a different story, but <laughs> for now, uh, it's, it's doing, it's doing its job. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess then that begs the question, where does the cycle stop? Like you're like, okay, this, this table was repurposed into a better table. And now mm -hmm. six or you like, I don't know, 10, 15 years down the line, you're like, well, now this table is the, the repurposed table is now falling apart. Do you repurpose the repurposition, the repurposed table? Yeah. Why not? Like, <laughs> yeah. Why not? I mean, that's fine. <laughs> you gotta keep making, you know, you gotta keep breathing new life into things. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's totally fair. That's, that's, the whole, you know, aesthetic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just like a Frankenstein side table. I mean, honestly, uh, that side table uh, that uh, was there, um, you know, back in the day, they used to do uh, uh, those, the side tables, they would put the tablecloth over top of it for like their lamps and stuff like that. And you didn't actually look at the actual legs of the, the table and everything. Yeah, because the cloth was basically just covering the whole thing. Exactly, right? It was cheaply made and just done really quickly. Yeah. That's that table. Um, and then I added the triangular structure below it to, you know, increase the strength and rigidity of the piece so it didn't actually, like, wobble around. Yeah. So there's it's there's designed intent into it as well. Plus, it, I mean, the aesthetics uh, are what I like as well. I'm definitely uh, much more of, like, a mid-century modern kind of... Uh, furniture kind of guy yeah that makes sense and i suppose like depending on how old these pieces are you can very clearly tell like you can you can see like it, it'd be interesting if you were to take this table and repurpose it in another 10 years because who knows what mm -hmm. furniture is going to look like in 10 years or exactly. you know, whatever that timeline is so i think that's kind of fascinating mm -hmm. actually i'd love to see yeah. like a, a collection of people 
like I don't, I don't, I'm sure there's people who have done this, but I'd love to see a collection of people like repurposing a repurposed table that they repurposed like tons and tons of times mm-hmm. to fit with new aesthetics or like a, something passed down through family generations or something. Yeah. I mean, I would love that. Honestly, there's, there's the, the cycle of planned obsolescence. Yeah. Where a product is made to be used and destroyed. Whereas it shouldn't be, I mean, I mean, in some aspects it should be that way, but in some aspects, why not bring, breathe new life into something that's, it save the planet that way, right? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, you're not like, uh, like this table would definitely be overpriced if you bought it at like a furniture store. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think I got the table at like Goodwill or something. <laughs> 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 fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so now let's kind of like get into actually how you do all the things that you do. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested to look, not even kind of, I am interested to look into <laughs> what your general process is of like creating something, whether it's physically creating it or whether it's like creating a render of something like, is it, is it just as simple as you think of what you want to do with a piece or you think of something you want to make and you just do it? Do you get commissioned by people? Is it both? Is it neither? Is it those plus some other things? Like what, how does that happen? Why do you do the things you do? Um, (laughs) (laughs) so, um, I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a a complex of both. So obviously the freelance design that I do, I get paid for it. Yeah. I charge people for doing, creating logos, branding, that sort of thing. Um, and there are, there pieces and stuff that I do for myself just for fun, just to build on my skill set. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to my overall intent and process it's i'm very research focused so whenever i'm getting a design brief i'm getting a uh a request from um a customer a customer that sort of thing i always probably ask like 50 questions um <laughs> as to you know what they're looking for what sort of styling do they want um what sort of influences they have what are some competing um companies branding someone else in the you know uh the marketplace the lion's share of uh what people are interacting with so there's a lot of background research that i do with the client first and then i do my own so based off of the information i gather from the client what they're looking for what they're they're feeling um i then take that information and uh sort of try and give my own spin on it so if the client is uh wanting let's just say for the uh branding i did for sweet ride for example um that whole project came about from one of my clients who was starting up a company and I worked with him on the development of the actual branding of the company, the naming, I helped name the company with him, um, helping out with it, like the licensing and, and all that sort of stuff. And then working on the graphics of it as well. So in the graphics, it's, it was a sort of a complexity of how do I get something that is sleek and modern 
but also has a little bit more of a flavor of, you know, sort of retro sweetness into it. Um, and try and blend those worlds together through different typography, um, different kerning, all, all that sort of stuff when it comes to the actual logo. And it, everything starts off as a sketch, whether it's, you know, an actual physical product or whether it's graphic design or even if it's user experience design. You got to start from somewhere. You got to have the building blocks, right? Yeah. So you start off with the information and then you just let your mind go wild. Right. <laughs> and there's no, there honestly, there's no wrong answers when it comes to creating something. Right. Yeah, that is you fair. just, you gotta, you got you gotta flush out the design, flush out the ideas, and then you present them to the client. Right. So when, when you present it to the client, uh, you never just want to give them one idea because if they hate it, you're screwed. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, if you, you give them one idea and if they hate it, then now they have nothing to go. Like they have mm-hmm. no clue what else you're capable of. Exactly. Right. So, but here's the thing too. You don't also want to flood the client with all sorts of designs as well. So you have to sort of run that fine line of like, here's what the client wants. Here's my interpretation of what I think the client really needs. And then here's what I think would be cooler, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, presenting all those ideas. And then that way you're not overstimulating the client with all these different approaches um, because a lot of times they're going to pick and choose different pieces of different aspects of designs, Yeah. right? They'll like this piece here, this piece there. And then you take their feedback and their critiques and then you do it again. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's an iterative process. Um, it, it only ends when the client says they like it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I'm so yeah. this I kind of. OK, so what I'm curious about is, in mm-hmm. your opinion, is it better to try and basically say, here's what the client wants. Now, let me give them, say, three different ways to do this, but in vastly different in vastly different ways. So that way they can see what you are capable of doing and it might spark some ideas. Um, or do you think it's better to kind of take what they take, what they want, try and figure mm-hmm. out what you think might be better for them and how you can make the deal even better for them. And then kind of go in, like kind of start going in three different directions. So that way they get, mm-hmm. um, like you kind of have like your core pieces stay the same with a couple of, mm-hmm. of variances. Like what in your experience, yeah. what usually tends to work more successfully at not giving them analysis paralysis, but also giving them <laughs> the ability to know what you can offer them. It, I, I try and do multiple approaches, right? So um, I'll give the client exactly what they're looking for. Um, and then I'll give them stuff that's better. Right. So <laughs> yeah. And it's up to the client to decide which one, which one they want. Right. So um, you can illustrate the advantages of the suggested better design and what that could bring to the table comparatively to what the client was looking for originally. Yeah. Because in reality, a lot of people don't know what they want until they see it. 
Oh yeah, exactly. Or in they're like they're in the nicest way possible. A lot of people are kind of like stuck in their ways. Like they get a core idea, (laughs) they get a core idea, Mm -hmm. and then they're like, okay, this is cool. And like it's Mm -hmm. almost like the dopamine of of having come up with what in your mind is a is a new concept. You kind of may not be able to get out of your own head to try and find something that could be better Mm -hmm. or that might fit better. So as soon as you find somebody who can give you a bunch of they're not like a bunch, but just who can look at it from a completely different point of view that might give them just what they need. Exactly. Right. I mean, when it comes to um, design, even designers have the same thing, the troubles of like them loving their own pieces too much. Yeah. When, when we were in school, we used to call it our, our baby dinosaurs. <laughs> um, <laughs> so your baby, your baby design disorder was like your thing. Like, it was like, how can you touch my precious? Like, there's nothing wrong with this. This is, this is perfect. Um, but when you take a step back and truly like re visualize from a different perspective, you can tend to see a lot of the nuances that should be updated with things that should be fixed too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Um, I just like baby dinosaurs too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're just a loving good baby dinosaur, right? You know, little T-Rex and small little arms, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I told you I'm random, so <laughs> uh, that's that, no, that's fair enough. That's perfect. That's what we need here. Uh, <laughs> but okay, so then I guess uh, when it comes to stuff that you kind of just think, like, it, what does what does it look like if we're talking about stuff that you kind of just come up with on the fly, stuff that di- that didn't take inspiration from somebody else's like core idea that they wanted you to help expand on? Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> I mean, I generally have an idea of when I'm I'm talking to someone about an of something. Ideas are already popping in my head of like before they even probably finish talking, which probably isn't a good thing. Um, <laughs> I, I I'm already you know the gears are turning. Yeah. Right. Um. So it's I anytime I have a you know design conversation, I'm you know, mentally stimulated the fact of like, all right, cool. I don't want to go make things. And I uh, just, just <laughs> step away. Let me, let me draw. Yeah. Um, and when it comes to like my own projects, those are pretty much like, I guess, pet projects that are, I, they tend to sometimes get like on the back burner, but, uh, I try and always, I like making things for people. Yeah. Uh, and it's like seeing their reactions and, you know, Say hey, it looks good. I'm like sweet, cool, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I don't tend to do too many things that are on my my own, unless it's dealing like with my own branding. Oh yeah, um, whether or not do stuff like if I want to do a whole branding for you know Mr. Mahogany, um, I would approach that project. The same way I would approach a project with a client. The process is the same. Okay, then yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, if it's a good way to do business, it's a good way to take care of yourself. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And then, like you said, for any for any pet project stuff, so it's kind of just like this is a thing that I can come back on when I kind of just want to like enjoy my time, just mm-hmm. like fucking around with something. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's uh, I always carry a sketchbook with me. So anytime yeah. I have an idea or anything like that, just jot things down. 
Um, I used to do that in college all the time. I literally had have a, a little moleskin sketchbook that I would keep in my back pocket. Um, anytime I'd have an idea for something, I would just jot it down. Uh, whether even if it's just text and that sort of thing, because um, one person who was really famous for doing that was Leonardo da Vinci. Uh, he would always, you know, have a, a sketchbook with him and always be drawing and that sort of thing. And uh, I, I think that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I honestly I think I think anybody who is creatively charged in a way that causes them to try and make things either interpersonally for themselves or for the ability to say show their friends or maybe even going so far as Mm -hmm. to uploading it on the internet. Mm -hmm. I think carrying around whatever device helps you jot down your ideas the quickest and the most efficient is great. Um, Yeah. I, I, I always have like three or four notebooks with me. It's not for Mm -hmm. that reason. I just like, I have, I have them because I've gotten them from places and I think they look cool and I want to carry them with me. Um, but, yeah, no, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah. I'm very much a collector of sketchbooks, so I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, I, I have this like a, I have this, uh, this book that literally has like leather to bind all the pages together, and it looks like a mm-hmm. book that would have thousands of spells in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I also all the witchcraft I, you do. Yeah, yeah I, I don't, <laughs> the only the only witchcraft that I'm doing in those books is I'm just uh, trying to learn how to do regular art, so I just kind of sketch mm-hmm. stuff in there as I see it around me. But no, the, yeah. the, the the reason that I actually carry the notebooks around with me is also just because I like having a physical aspect of of uh, like my planning. Like I, I primarily use the notebooks for keeping mm-hmm. track of things I have to do within the day or within the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, and it Keep, f- keeping your head on 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 straight. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And it it also does kind of. It, it feels better to note it down that way mm-hmm. than just putting it because because I'll also admit that I have a ton of notes in my phone for other miscellaneous things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost like the feeling of physically writing down what I need to do throughout the week within mm-hmm. my note, within a notebook helps me to remember and keep track of everything that I need to do. So I totally respect that. Um, yeah. Keeps you focused. Oh yeah. Yeah. Per- yeah. Exactly. That keeps you, keeps you focused and helps you kind of arrange your thoughts in a way that is also easily documentable. Uh, documentatable would be the, maybe the word. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but, but also (laughs) even for people like who make music, like I do, like, they're just like, Hey, Mm -hmm. like make sure that you have your phone with you whenever you're doing things, which like people already Mm -hmm. are anyways. But like, especially because like sometimes you'll hear something or an idea will come into sound bits. Sound. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You just take a little sound bits, put it into your voice recording thing, and then you come back to it later. So if, if you're a person who wants to like make stuff for yourself or for other people, absolutely just carry around whatever tool helps you do that the best, because it's just a smart way to live. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, you, you definitely you got to capture things in the moment because if you don't, you're you're gonna you're on you're gonna forget about it honestly. And then with as scatterbrained as I can be, yeah, that could be pretty quick. Yeah, with as scatterbrained <laughs> as a lot of people can be, honestly, like you should always have that thing on you because something's gonna come to your head and it's gonna be just mm-hmm. catchy enough to catch your attention within the thousands of thoughts that are going on at any given time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't capture that like right away, you probably are going to forget about it or you're going to lose uh like a chunk of what of what made it stick out in your head i suppose yeah exactly yeah so carry on no, I mean, or whatever with you exactly there's, there's always something tangible with the thought process yeah and it's those key little insights that you get from your day-to-day sort of interactions that can really enhance you know what you're doing and you could just have it on, you know, the back burner for for months, right? If you're getting like a sound bit 
uh, for music. And it just doesn't fit in anywhere that you're doing. You come across just this one piece that, you know, you come back and like, yeah, this, this is good. This, this hits. Yeah. This hits right here. Yeah. yeah. And it's also exactly. like, yeah. Oh, there was another piece that I was going to bring up with it. I don't remember. <laughs> it, it probably wasn't important enough. It probably was. It's, it's okay. The, yeah. Basic, just carry a notebook around with you and whatever. They're like, they're easy. <laughs> just, just carry like there's carry stuff with you yeah exactly carry <laughs> stuff with you carry, collector of stuff um uh-huh. but yeah no i mean it's like there, there's <laughs> no books there's no <laughs> but no like like there's there are notebooks that can like fit into people's pockets like mm-hmm. like especially if you're a man like men have big pockets so like you could fit a notebook in there like carry it with you or maybe or exactly. even like even like carry a backpack with you like like have like my backpack has a bunch of stuff in it that i like don't really need like ever but I always have my backpack with me, so it just like I have all this stuff with me. So just do that, or you can get, or or you can get a satchel. You know, Indiana Jones has one. Yeah, get like a yeah. Actually, yeah, that'd make more sense. Get like a smaller, <laughs> smaller <laughs> satchel, one that's not big enough that you would get stopped by like um, movie theater personnel or something because like that bag's too mm-hmm. big or whatever. Just like, but it's just big enough to fit For a notebook. All the candy you're sneaking in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, man, speaking of candy being snuck in, I listened to a podcast of this person who snuck a whole pizza into a movie theater, and I don't really. I don't snap, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they did it. Well, they told me how they they told they said how they did it, but I don't really. Uh-huh. Um, it's that's they 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 were slicing it too too thin there. I, I don't I don't know about that. That's the whole pie. That's that'd be crazy. That seems a little excessive. Yeah, like there's pies that yeah. are pretty small, but like I don't know if mm-hmm. if it's still small enough, you should be taking it with you to the movies. Like the the little DiGiorno. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one that can like fit in the the where the whole pizza can fit in the palm of your hand. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that would make sense. I mean, pizza bites. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do that. Um, let me move on here before we get too side tangent on fucking movie theaters. Uh, I, I told you we would. <laughs> I'm really good at making tangents. No, this is know? this is good. It pads for time. <laughs> it pads for time, and it makes it more enjoyable. <laughs> but um, so you you obviously have a portfolio. We've talked about it for like half mm-hmm. this episode. Do you do? <laughs> I, I assume you do this stuff professionally, right? Like, is this like a part of your job? No, no. no I mean, I want, I want it to be. I, it. I want it to be. No, I don't. No, no. Not my day to day. Not my my nine to five. Yeah, yeah or not whatever. not the job that you yeah, just a, got off of doing before you called. Me. Yeah, yeah. No, Shit. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I'm in. I know. I know. Big old Sag. Um, <laughs> that's what I, I mean. That's why I'm going back to school. Um, and going doing the user experience design stuff because I want to be able to transition into, you know, the design career design fashion, because that is honestly where my heart and soul is. Right. I love, like I said, I love making things and, um, I love that process, but that process itself honestly could be used in any scenario. Right. So what I do right now, you know, for the paycheck, um, (laughs) is, (laughs) You know, I work in banking, right? Um, And uh, when it comes to working in banking and everything, you could you can utilize the design thinking mentality with the any of the customers and stuff that I interact with, right? Because think of it this way: someone comes into your office, they have a problem. You need to fix the problem. How do you go about fixing the problem? And uh, how do you come up with a solution that? may be better than what they originally intended. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Right? Yeah. It fits. Yeah, then no, that that totally makes sense. Uh <laughs> and like t- like typically the way that I think about like solving problems with customers is like uh one, like well, I guess this is just 
my job has basically taught me like uh, if somebody has a problem, do it for them once. If they come back mm-hmm. again asking to fix it, teach them how to do it so they never have to come back. Um, not not because mm-hmm. it's like like I like working with with the clients and the customers that we have, but it's also mm-hmm. like the less time they spend interacting with us and the less time we spend interacting with them, the more time we can spend doing stuff that's probably more important unless your job is exclusively <laughs> customer forward facing. But even then that just yeah. means that like you can sometimes ease the workload off of yourself by teaching people how to do the things that you would normally spend, you know, half of your day consistently mm-hmm. doing for people over the phone or something to that degree. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really, it's, it's both, right? So when, what I do in, you know, in finance and, and banking and such is one of my key points is teaching people how to do the things they need to do. Right. Yeah. Um, how to, to work with the software, how to work with, you know, their finances. Right. Um, I, I got into to banking right out of college um, because I had a lot of student loan debt that I needed to start paying <laughs> right away. Right. Um, those come up real quick. But um, yeah, that's how I originally got into, you know, the banking aspect on things. And uh, it's a weird complex to think about, especially when I was younger, when I got into this, I got into banking was me teaching people who are way older than me how to do banking, <laughs> yeah. right? how to control their finances and lending and, you know, budgeting and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, because there's a lot of things you don't think about when it comes to money that, uh, this is not taught anymore, right? Oh yeah. Financial literacy is, is not something that's provided in any sort of real educational format yeah. nowadays. It's like not provided it's, very much. It, it's not provided very frequently. And even when they do provide it, it's like not very good. Mm-hmm. Like my financial literacy class in high school was them teaching mm-hmm. us how to, how to look at stocks but it was it wasn't like y'all be looking at stocks. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why the hell they were doing that. They were like, they were like, they were like, you you guys pick five companies, and every day when you come into this class, check on their stocks and make sure you punch all their information down before the minute because stocks change every minute or something to that degree, like like uh-huh. majorly. Uh-huh. Um, I was like, what the hell am I going to do with this? Like, what is Bro- who is this? Brokerage one hundred and one. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, what the why? <laughs> like I'm, in reality like, you're actually working on your your school's 401k plan that's i mean that's maybe, what you but like, <laughs> I, like I, I was like bro i'm 16 like what who, why did you why are you making me do this like you have people who you pay to do this why are you making my parents pay for me to manage your 401k situation you dicks <laughs> <laughs> i mean to be fair yeah that, that's true that's true um but i mean when it comes to like financial literacy i mean there's so many people who don't even know how to like sign a check yeah or like fill out a check you know what i mean like uh, nowadays that sort of thing is a little bit too is old school but um it's still I mean, relevant hell, enough. people people don't even know how to sign their name man like oh yeah they don't, they don't even know how to write cursive oh uh i i can't tell you the amount of times that i've helped out kids and they had to sign their name and i can't just like stop and not laughing um as, as they sign their name and i'm like all right yeah, man, let's just give you some scratch paper to practice this out before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to um, finance and banking, there's a whole, I mean, 
there's a lot of stories I could tell. You know, a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. Um, but when I, my end of the day, um, I'm there to help people, and you know, try and ease their burdens a bit. So that's one of the takeaways that um, I have when it comes to to banking is that there's a lot of times I'm legitimately helping people out hardcore. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's one of the tangible good bits about. Uh, doing what I do. Yeah, you're like you're helping people. You're not just assisting people with something. You are helping them, especially mm-hmm. for themselves. Um, yeah, I'm, a lot of times I'm helping people. You know, get like do their goals and their dreams, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that's there's nothing more fulfilling than to you know be an effective part of someone's change. Yeah, yeah. And like w- within your within your philosophy of being like, I I want to help people but I want to help them basically I want to help their problem and fix their problem and make, mm. make the solution better than what they could have thought of. Mm. And, and, and part of you teaching people how to do these things on their own is like a, a, a low key, like big part of that, because when you teach them how to do it, then they get more exposed with the systems that they're using in order to, mm-hmm. I guess, facilitate their own success. And then they figure out their, their own ways to do it and they figure out more efficient mm-hmm. ways to do it. And then ultimately they end up with a much better, I guess in this case, they end up with a much better financial situation or they're more efficient with their time or something than if you kind of just like solved the problem for them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, to, to be fair, there's a lot of people who still go to the bank and I'm like, yeah, you know, you can just do like a, like a mobile deposit or, yeah. or something like that. Like, lo- like low key, like why are you here? Um, yeah. <laughs> but while you're here, let me talk to you about a love. Come on, come on over. You know, yeah, exactly. You know, like, uh, <laughs> 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 no, but uh, I mean, when it comes to talking with customers and everything, um, one of the big aspects that I try to always, you know, do is asking open questions. Um, so, uh, I don't know if you've, you know, the, know the concept of like why, like what an open ended question might be. I mean, yeah. Um, so the cool thing about doing that is a lot of times people just tell you everything. Yeah. And they just do right? not stop oh, talking for like, 30 minutes. <laughs> like me. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is my life. Um, but yeah, no, uh, like open up, open up questions can really, you know, allude to different avenues and different things that you may not have even thought about yourself. Yeah. Um, as an opportunity, which also is something I do when I do design stuff too. I always ask open end questions. Yeah. In a weird way, it's almost like, uh, like the best example of an open ended question that I could try and think of to sort of, uh, uh, expand on this for people who don't really know what classifies as an open-ended question. It's kind of mm. like a client comes to you and they like, let's say the, uh, what was it called again? L- let's say the, the guy from sweet ride wanted to, to, wanted to talk with you about developing, giving a name kind of, mm-hmm. uh, doing the, all the this, branding. all this stuff for his brand. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas on one end you could be like, um, you can, you can give him an option and you can say, is this, um, I don't know, like, is this color palette, something that you like, it's a weird question, but it's like, is this color palette something that you would want? And then just say yes or no. Whereas an open-ended question would basically be like, you know, what are you looking for? 
Like what kinds of colors are you looking for? What kinds of emotions are you trying mm. to strike with people based on your color palette? What do you, what vibe are you trying to give these people? And so rather than them just saying yes or no to a question they already had the answer to, when you mm. ask them an open-ended question, they kind of have to actually formulate what they're trying to say and they have to conceptualize their own idea of what they want and then figure out a way to explain it in a way that the person they are working with will understand. So then they end up mm -hmm. giving an incredibly good idea of what they're looking for, or mm -hmm. it helps them come up with new ideas once they've formulated the idea enough in their brain to explain it to somebody. Mm -hmm. And one of the cool things about doing that too is um, depending on like how good of an open, open end question you provide them, they will give you feelings and their explanation as well. Yeah. How does someone feel about a situation or product or all that sort of stuff really uh, brings it more personal to them as well. Yeah. And provides them more impact. Yeah. And in, in some ways it also makes them think it gives them the impression that you care about them more, which to say it gives them mm -hmm. the impression sounds makes me sound like a dick, but it's like you're kind of <laughs> connecting with them in a different way to the point where you do care enough about trying to understand the deeper parts of whatever they're trying to achieve mm -hmm. i mean honestly that's that's pretty in bra on brand for me yeah uh, i'm very i'm very much like i want to get to know some but like either someone or something you know to my fullest extent um so i that's pretty that's on par of what i do yeah, yeah. exactly like i want to i want to be <laughs> i want to be into this as much as you are into this so that i can be the best exactly. that i can to help you succeed yeah, I just want to be the best like no one ever was. Yeah, exactly. I I <laughs> I have not seen the Pokemon like cartoon very much, <laughs> but I did play Heart Gold Soul Silver. There you go. <laughs> My man. That's 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 where it's at. That's where it's at. And now those video games are like worth like seventy two hundred dollars yeah. a pop. Actually, wait, yeah, no, I have a friend who was trying to get a hold of those, I think, and, and they were like, Why is this shit two hundred dollars? I'm like, You're getting scammed. Not expensive, why. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I have a friend who <laughs> I have a friend who's been collecting all of the games uh since like the original. Yeah. I think the original is red and blue. It doesn't matter. Um he's still on that grind. <laughs> But nice. Uh, well, nice. okay. Now this is weird because I called him a friend. He's not, I'm not a friend of his anymore. He, I, I respect that he does that, but I don't like him as a person. This isn't about him. This isn't about him. <laughs> you see, see how much I derailed the conversation? No, that was just me trying to be like a like I, I, I refer to everybody as either a friend, a family member, a coworker, or I refer to them by their name. And he is none mm -hmm. of those people. Uh, <laughs> so I just called him a friend because it's the He's easiest one. Just a guy. He's some Joe Schmo just down the street. Yeah, you know <laughs> this is awkward. Yeah, I, I have I have friends who are going to listen to this who know who I'm talking about, and this is going to be pretty awkward. But hey, can't wait for the stories afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Back back on back on the train. Um, yeah, right. So, so you've already done a lot of elaboration on what you enjoy about industrial design, graphic design, mm -hmm. user experience design, um, yeah. and all this stuff. If there are other pieces about it that you enjoy that you haven't talked about, I want to hear about those. But I also want to mm -hmm. hear about stuff that you don't like as much or that you could just straight up dislike about doing these sorts of things. Um, it's one of the things that I mean, I it's a love hate relationship, too, is <laughs> um, doing creative work. And whatever facet it, it's it, it can be sometimes pretty straining. Yeah. Um, just because you're putting a lot of mental energy into something. Yeah. 
um, and trying, you know, creating something. Sometimes, a lot of times, you know, something from nothing. Oh, yeah. And uh, so that sort of uh, strain can be tough, but then it's also super rewarding too. Yeah, when it right? pays off. Exactly right. I I love the ability of like coming up with an idea, and then like if I'm looking at something or if like physically holding it in my hand and be like, I made this. Yes. Like yes, sir. That is so good, right? It's such a cool feeling, right? Yeah. Like it's 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 the like the, that sort of self satisfaction that I I absolutely you know I vibe with so hard. Yeah. Exactly. So, um. Other other than that, some of the things that um, can I guess could be considered um, a downside is a lot of times the software you got to use can be mad expensive. Oh right? God, yep. So uh, I mean, any like uh, <laughs> I pretty much I, I use a lot of the Adobe Creative uh, Suite, and um, I actually have I actually do the cloud for adobe for everything oh yeah so i mean that ain't cheap uh to say the least um (laughs) comes out of the cut every month uh (laughs) see that payment but it hurts a lot of times i just forget about it i'm like shit um (laughs) like oh man i forgot i had to pay for this (laughs) um because that that, you just reach a point where it it just happens right so um and uh, when it comes to like industrial design, one of the industry standards for creating three-dimensional objects is a project, uh, uh, a software called SolidWorks, oh. and a licensing for SolidWorks. Um, it's really cool. I definitely recommend you know take a look at it. Um, but with SolidWorks, it's thousands and thousands of dollars for an annual license. And that's not something that I could pay for. Yeah. But the cool thing is there are a lot of alternatives that are out there that may not, you know, have all the best interfaces into it, might not do all the same stuff, but can still get the same job done. Yeah. So there's there's always that. You know, high end uh, software, and then there's also the low end and name of the game is just get it done and whatever way you can right yeah whether or not you're you're using the the top of the line stuff or you're you know scraping the barrel you know just gotta you gotta put in the sweat equity into it into you making sure you're delivering the product or the service and that sort of thing yeah you know and making sure that you're you know using the online tools that you have to understand how to use your tools the best that you can mm-hmm. to kind of yeah at least help feel like you're mitigating the cost of something yeah i mean because yeah there's sure as hell there's there's uh there's a lot of cost to a bunch of stuff <laughs> yeah i mean i was just looking yeah at the, i was looking at the adobe cloud thing again because i was trying to i was potentially looking at a new video editing software and i was like i was like 90 dollars uh-huh. a month for creative cloud for all apps and i look at pan you know i'm like oh look at that uh almost 1100 dollars. yeah yeah no there's <laughs> it, it could it could be pretty spicy yeah but 
Yeah, no, that, that, that all makes sense. I mean, that, a lot of those things are kind of to be expected with any creative industry. It's like, if you're somebody who's putting mm-hmm. stuff out into the world, your tools are going to be expensive. Your time commitment is yeah. going to be expensive. Sometimes you're just not going to be able to get your brain to, f- to function enough to like make, make anything. Um, yeah. But I, artist I, block is a thing, man. Oh yeah, exactly. I was going to ask, I usually ask people about artists block, but in a case like this, I don't really know. Like I don't, it obviously still applies, but I don't really know how. <laughs> yeah, it, no, it's, it's still it's, different. It's still it's still it still applies, right? Um, yeah. It's it's a creativity block, right? Yeah. Um, you could be stuck on a problem or a situation that you just you know you can't wrap your head around it, um, and or you just can't think of any new ideas. So a way that I've always gotten around that is I show my stuff to everybody and be like, hey, yo, man. Come here. Okay. Tell me what you think. <laughs> yeah. Getting, just getting external input. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that we would, we do in design, like industrial design and even graphic design and stuff like that um, is design critiques. So um, literally presenting your ideas for a room of people and then having them, you know, give you their feedback. Yeah. Right. Um, because in reality, there's, you could be stuck in your own head and your own opinion, but if you're trying to appeal for a larger audience, you need to get you the can... opinion of a larger audience. <laughs> yeah. Or at least yeah, you can't be self-serving into it. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I mean, even though I think I make some pretty cool stuff, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we can all, we can all admit you make some pretty cool stuff, but you have to imagine like how, how much of that stuff also had to go through the eyes of a second person. Oh yeah. No, I mean, and then uh, second people, and then third people, and then a whole populace, and yeah, no, yeah, it depends on the project. Exactly. Yeah. No, that <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess another piece that I was interested in, in terms of um, it, w- when you were talking about the things that you dislike about this, I don't know if this is something that happens to you, but given mm-hmm. that you also seem to assist people, like clients, with stuff that I would probably consider to be their kind of passion projects, do you do you mm-hmm. tend to get like more um, like entitled type? people or do you think the people that you work with are more grateful than somebody who's you know say working with you at or or, or, sorry somebody who comes to you for assistance at your banking job uh no i mean the people i do like the design work for um they they they're not really entitled i mean they're entitled especially if i mean if they pay me um (laughs) but i mean you know i mean like they act like a bunch of dickheads yeah 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 um no, I mean, when it comes to design and creating something, it's a whole different environment, right? It's a whole different line of thinking. Yeah. So they, a lot of my clients, they trust me in my process, right? Yeah. They trust the the style that I have and the work that I create that's going to be love at a standard that they desire. Yeah. Right. When it comes to finances and stuff like that, people are assholes. Well, yeah, because um, yeah, yeah, that makes sense because you're messing with people's money. It's like a, yeah, I mean, the yeah, no, I I can't tell you the, the amount of uh, upset people I have to deal with on the daily. Uh, yeah, I used to <laughs> I used to work in like um loan not not like loan uh God what the hell was it called. So, so there's like a department of people that like help people with actually filling out a loan application. And then there's people who decide if yeah. you get the loan or whatnot. And then once they actually get the loan and they start making payments on it, then they come to me and they talk with me about stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this isn't at my current job. This is at the last job. But yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense. When you're working with people's money, 
if anything goes wrong, you are their punching bag until they get off the phone. No, 100%. And, and, and then somebody yeah. else is. <laughs> so no, that makes sense. I've, I've definitely come uh, become accustomed to being able to call, calm people down. So if I, I have someone who's like blatantly like yelling at me, I mean, which is, it's happened. Um, I, I can talk them down. Yeah. You know, I'll give you the example of like, uh, you know, when the Hulk is like angry and, uh, he has, um, you know, Scarlett Johansson, like, you know, singing him like a sweet song to like bring him down yeah, and exactly. you know, make him happy again. Are you telling yeah, me you sing me. songs to your angry old patrons at the, at the bank? <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm like black widow that way, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 It has to be a different type of environment for me to sing those. So yeah, no, yeah. Like, not on my job. That's, that's uh, be a professional. God damn it. Exactly. You know, you got to have a certain standard, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I, I, I guess that kind of, well, not even, I guess that doesn't make sense. Cause it's like people came to you for a reason. They know what they're getting themselves mm-hmm. into. They can't, they came to you because they are, like you said, expecting a certain quality of a certain kind of thing. And mm-hmm. especially if it's maybe a person who is like a repeated customer of yours, it's like, they know exactly how you do things. So exactly. People are like, yeah, they're, yeah. Like, they're doing their best to help you help them. And then it's mm-hmm. all said and done and they're like, this is great. Yeah. I mean, as long as it's especially on the design thing, as long as it looks cool at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It looks satisfactory for them. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. <laughs> so, um, this, this second to last question is kind of making me realize that I didn't necessarily format all of these in a, in like an, a, 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 an appropriate order, but like how, how, how long did it take you to get comfortable with photography, industrial design, graphic design, user experience design? How long did it take you to get comfortable enough with all of that stuff to create a portfolio and start putting stuff on it? Um, ever since I was told to do it in design school. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I mean, here's the thing, like, um, when it comes to, you know, promoting yourself and the work that you do and the mindsets that you have, you sort of you can't be scared of it, yeah. Because uh, I mean, and a lot of the all um, every project that I do, you know, people critique me all the time, right? Yeah. Um, I have pretty thick skin when it comes to that. Um, so it's not. It took me. I mean, obviously, when I was in design school, I had to get used to that, right? I had to get used to people not liking what I was doing. Um, I had to get used to, um changing a whole product because it didn't fit properly or it didn't meet certain criteria. Yeah. Um, so I just, I became accustomed to, you know, fighting for my designs and fighting for that. So, um, to be able to showcase my work, I want, I want my work to be in as in front of as many eyes as it possibly can be. Exactly. Whether or not, like I said, it's either a critique or maybe landing a, a new gig or, you know, um, providing someone a little bit of joy or happiness or, you know, intrigue. Right. Yeah. I'm very much a, a teacher in that aspect where I love helping people learn something new. And uh, I've helped. I've been actually able to help out a lot of people, you know, teach them how to draw and do that sort of things, because when it comes to drawing and illustration compared to like design drawing, Two completely spe- different spectrums, right? Two different mindsets. Yeah. Um, when you're looking at design drawing, it it's it's more of a conversational piece. It's not necessarily a finished work compared to you know traditional artwork. Yeah, exactly. 
So, yeah, you can't be you can't be afraid. You can, there's there's no wrong answers. There's only trial and error. Oh yeah, exactly. And there's the whole thing of like you're like a the person who puts up a hundred pieces of work and fails it and like sucks at fifty of them is still learning more and probably make you know making better traction than somebody who mm-hmm. doesn't put up anything because they're afraid of of not it not being perfect to everyone. Mm-hmm. And funny enough, when you mentioned the hundred you know hundred things, that was actually one of the first projects I had in design school, oh. where I had to. I had to draw 100 cubes and no cube could look alike. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I assume you just mean in terms of like, um, because obviously if you're like, it's like if you're hand drawing something, there's a pretty good chance that there's going to be a tiny bit of variance because you're not just going to trace or you're not going to. No, no, no. There has to be something different on each illustration. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you're talking about like fundamentally different every single time. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. yeah. 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 Uh, And when you're doing that many different iterations of uh, something as simple as a cube, uh, you can come up with some weird, uh, some weird stuff. Yeah. But, you know, (laughs) just uh, keep chugging along and don't be afraid to fuck up. Yeah. Matter of fact, I mean, like embrace fucking up. Honestly, embrace the suck, as my uh, my one buddy would say. (laughs) God damn it. No, no, you're you're absolutely correct. I associate the word "suck" with some other things, and I and it's <laughs> embracing. I mean, what? Uh, I mean, to be fair, so some of the friends in our community would, uh, yeah, they they'd have a different idea on so Yeah, like, <laughs> on like, I'm pretty sure a couple of them are doing things right now. You go into the, their chats and you just be like, uh, "Embrace the suck," and they're like, "What?" They're like, "Uh huh." Uh-huh. Actually, some... I I think I might do that. Yeah, I think we should both do that. That'd be funny. <laughs> Yeah, it would be. <laughs> but, yeah, no, so that that's all good. Yeah, just don't be afraid to mess up on things. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the the last question, which you may not have an answer for, is: are, Is there mm-hmm. any other details in here that I left out? Any details you left out? Anything you wanted to add to just anything? Um, I mean, when it comes to you know trying to get into doing something like this, like getting into doing design, um. Or, I mean, <laughs> banking in general, right? <laughs> um, right. Um, it doesn't necessarily, like, you don't have to always go the traditional route. Whether it's, like, school, like, education through a higher education, universities, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or it's the school of hard knocks where you're just learning it on the fly, right? Yeah. There's uh, no wrong answer to it. But I know from my experience, like, the design school I went to, the way I was taught changed my thinking. So, and the way I approach things. So, for me, that's something that I'll always be grateful for is having that sort of change in mindset. Um, and and for everyone, just make shit right. Like, yeah, on like, do what you love. Be creative, be spontaneous, and just have fun with it, right? Like, <laughs> when, when in doubt, just go balls to the wall and just have fun. Yeah. Do what you love, and you'll, you'll, you'll never regret a day in your life. Yeah. Damn. Nice. That's good to hear. <laughs> oh, that was fantastic. Um, that is everything off uh, on my plate, really. That's, that's all I've got. Um, mm-hmm. I, there's a couple little things that I need to do right near the end of this, but I don't know if you had anything for me that you wanted to tell me 
about anything? Um, not really. Not unless you got other questions. <laughs> no, I don't have any other questions. I'm, no, I, I'm I'm pretty open book, you know. So you ask me about anything, I'll just tell you whatever. Yeah, I just be like, uh, be like, what's your favorite pizza topping? Um, controversially, um, ham and pineapple. I mean, it's a good pizza. I don't know what to tell people. They don't this. They won't listen to me. Uh, no, I, I, I love ham and pineapple. I mean, people think it's, you know, sacrilegious, but, you know, I think it's 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 pretty saucy. Yeah, that's the last opinion you're getting left with with Mr. Mahogany is the ham and pineapple pizza <laughs> shit goes hard. Um, and, it does. Um, yeah. And and, <laughs> and uh, on that note, I, I appreciate you coming on here once again. It was a very, very interesting talk. You are again, you're talking about something of which I know the least about of anybody that mm-hmm. I have currently talked to or am planning on talking mm-hmm. to. And that's exciting for me. So um, it was Good. a great. It was well, a great hopefully, I was able to to help out. Yeah, hopefully, I was able to teach you something or, or teach someone else someone. Yeah. Um. And uh, honestly, if you ever have any questions or and you're curious about other things, yeah, let me know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm a talker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll we'll, de- we'll definitely come back to you later in the uh, later down the line. But um, is there okay. is there anything at all that you want to like plug? Like it, it, it from what I'm getting out of this, it seems like most of your online presence comes in the form of like business relations with clients and whatnot. But is there anything you want to plug that I could probably link that people could look at if they're interested at all? Um, I, I mean, we could, I mean, obviously, you know, my website and stuff like that, like, as you said, is more, you know, business related and whatnot. But, um, I also, you know, I post a bunch of stuff on my Instagram, my illustrations, um, the fan art stuff that I've been doing. Um, Oh, just yeah. the the side side type stuff i post on my instagram so um we can we can plug that in uh, in there as well um but other than that i i pretty much you know showcase everything online either through my portfolio or instagram sometimes i post it on my my twitter um i'm not really too active in that though <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be a, a common trend with a lot of people so that makes sense so yeah. um yeah, yeah honestly whatever whatever you want to be linked uh just dm mm-hmm. me the links and i'll just put them in there uh okay and yeah. uh yeah people go check him out because he's kind of a beast like i said earlier um uh there's a couple things that i also have to plug because i i exist on the internet without my better judgment mm-hmm. Um, I am on YouTube at DJ Serial Sauce. Okay, I, there, I, there's like three channels that I have to manage on YouTube. So I'm on YouTube, I'm on Twitch, I'm on Spotify, I'm on Apple Music. Um, there's probably a couple of other places. I'm technically on SoundCloud, but I use SoundCloud as a reference. Don't don't go to SoundCloud. Um, I have a second podcast that I do with my buddies called Nothing Is Anything. If you guys want to check any of those out, the links will be at the top, or not the, not at the top, but the fuck the bottom of the description. And um, <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna keep sifting through your portfolio. 